0: Welcome to the Girl Scout Advantage podcast, a podcast where we educate, empower, and share the stories of the Girl Scout experience. Join us to rediscover the magic of leadership, teamwork, and personal discovery. The Girl Scout Advantage, a podcast where you will learn how the Girl Scout's heart of Michigan creates successful girls for today who will become the leaders of our tomorrow.
1: Hello and welcome to another Girl Scout Advantage podcast with the Girl Scouts Heart of Michigan. My name is Brenna Smith, Special Project Coordinator with GSHOM, and today I am at our beautiful Camp Landon overlooking the lake here sitting on the porch with longtime volunteer Jackie Jeffrey. Um, So Jackie, thank you so much for joining me today. Well thank you for having me, Brenna. Can you get us started by just telling us a little bit about you?
2: Um, Well, I've been a volunteer with Girl Scouts um, now for a little over 25 years. Uh, I was not a Girl Scout as a girl, unfortunately. It wasn't available in my area. Um, I became a Girl Scout volunteer when my daughter wanted to sign up in first grade. And when I called to get her signed up, they told me they'd add her to the wait list. And my response was, wait what? Uh, She doesn't (laughs) want to wait. She's in first grade and she doesn't understand waiting. Um, and so I asked how many girls were on the list, they told me and um, I said I'd be willing to volunteer so I got my first uh, my first troop at that time and it's just been a wonderful experience ever since.
1: Yeah, That's wonderful and one thing <clears throat> that like happens all the time is that we have girls just waiting to join Girl Scouts and not enough volunteers unfortunately so I'm really glad that you stepped up those all those years ago and, and were able to provide that experience to the girls. Um, so if I were someone who had no idea what the honor guard, the Mackinac Island Honor Guard, is all about, I've never heard of it before,
2: what would you tell them? How would you describe this program? So the Mackinac Island Art Scout program is a, is a camp run by the Mackinac State Historic Park Commission. Um, and the scouts live in the scout barracks, which is right behind the fort, and it's a service camp. So they provide service by raising and lowering all the flags every day. They act as docents in the fort and give directions and uh, talk with tourists, help take pictures. Um, They do community service projects while they're on the island. Mm. And um, uh, they're there to help out with whatever needs to be done Mm -hmm. um, that the state historic parks need. Basically, they're acting as the soldiers for the fort, so we march everywhere we go. Mm. Um, The girls march in unison. and it's kind of a little bit uh, fun to you know, act like the soldiers protecting the fort. Mm-hmm. They stand duty in the fort two and a half hours a day, and then they also get free time. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are four patrols that uh, take care of everything. And one patrol stays in the barracks all day and cooks and cleans for everyone else while they're out and about, mm-hmm. which is also a fun day. We have a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, they get free time. They go on bike rides. Um, they get to do fun stuff, too, go shopping. There are badges that you can only earn as a Mackinac Island Honor Scout. Oh, cool. um, there are nine different badges that they can earn uh, through this program. Um, so as far as I know, it's the last remaining service camp in the United States, wow. and its pure purpose is for service. Um, it started back in 1929. Mm-hmm. The Boy Scouts um, started serving and working in the fort, and they would stay all summer long when they volunteered. They were Eagle Scouts that would stay all summer and work in the fort um, and be like the soldiers in the fort because the soldiers had left when it was decommissioned. Mm. Um, and um, in 19, in the early 1970s, girls asked Governor Milliken if they could serve on the island because it was denied by the state parks because they said the, uh, the Boy Scout barracks belong to um, the Boy Scouts, which mm. actually it didn't belong to the Boy Scouts. But um, it is now uh, called the Scout Barracks, mm. and um, the girls were denied. And so they approached Governor Milliken's wife, uh, had tea with her, and uh, presented their case of why they wanted to be Mackinac Scouts as well. And Mrs. G- Mrs. Milliken is known as saying, uh, girls can serve... And probably do even better than the boys. So wow. um, there's actually a really nice article about that. Um, and so the following year, the girls served. And one of the first groups that went up was from the Ann Arbor area um, uh, and uh, got to go and serve. And now uh, the, the summer is split, and mm-hmm. the, all the scout troops serve for one week, Saturday yes. to Saturday. Our group gets to serve for 10 days. We Ooh. go up on Saturday. And we stay until Labor Day and then we leave on Labor Day. Awesome. We raise the flags on Labor Day and then head home. But it's an amazing program. teaches the girls responsibility, mm-hmm. um, dedication, uh, what it means to truly serve. Mm-hmm. And also, um, I've done a lot of different programs with the Girl Scouts. I've taken girls to Savannah on a trip. Uh, help them go to West Sussex and in England, mm. done a lot of camping, encampments and things, but this is the most girl-led program that I've ever been involved in. Mm. Um, the leadership girls train all the younger girls, and um, the leadership girls make all the decisions about, uh, you know, what's going to happen or how things are going to be run, and so I've been in the program for 20 years, and I just find it amazing.
1: Yeah, wow. Um so when you first got involved with this program, how did you get connected? How did you get, How'd you get involved?
2: So um, we went to uh, Mackinac Island on a trip. Uh, my family and my daughter saw the scouts on duty at the fort and um, you know, of course said the famous line, Mommy, I want to do that too. Mm-hmm. And so we came home and we found out how to apply. And uh, so there's an application process. Mm-hmm. You go through an application process and um, Fill out an application, and you have to get references, and um, write up why you would want to serve and Mm. provide community service. And then you have an interview um, and get accepted, and then you have to go through the training. We train uh, one weekend a month. Uh, There's a couple weekend trainings where we train for the entire weekend, and then there's several day trainings. Like Today is a a beautiful day training to be here at Camp Linden, for sure. Gorgeous. Um, Yeah. And we train in Michigan history. Uh, Mackinac history. Uh, We learn a lot about the War of 1812 since the fort was actively involved in the War of 1812. Mm -hmm. Um, The girls learn about the Grand Hotel and the Mm -hmm. history of the Grand Hotel, history of the island, um, and uh, they also get to uh, learn to march Mm -hmm. um, and uh, raise and lower flags, flag etiquette, proper uh, flag uh, retirement as Mm -hmm. well as flag handling.
1: Wow. Yeah, that's, that's a lot <laughs> for these girls to learn in this program. And, you know, girls that you talk to who have served, like, just absolutely love this program. They speak so highly of it. Um, one thing that I would love to hear from you, too, is um, the the progression piece through the leadership. You know, because girls, my understanding is that girls can um, serve as girls and then become part of the leadership team um, and eventually move up and serve as an adult if needed so can you just speak to that a little bit what that
2: looks like so the girls can apply uh, when they're going into uh, when they're in sixth grade mm-hmm. um, they serve between the ages of 12 and 18. Um, when the girls become into the program we have different levels which are uh, you know first year girl second year girl so on and so forth mm-hmm. uh, the girls can after two years of service they can apply to be in leadership. And our Mm -hmm. leadership structure is our patrol leaders are in charge of each patrol. The group of 50 to 60 girls is divided up into four patrols. Mm -hmm. And they have a patrol leader which runs their whole patrol, plans their training, um, plans all of their duty rosters, um, and is their main sort of captain, so to speak, patrol Mm -hmm. leader. And then we have what's called an assistant patrol leader, uh, which is the person in charge Uh, Second in charge, who has to make sure they're ready to step in to either the position below them or the position above them if someone's absent. Mm. Um, Assist the patrol leader in everything that they need to do in their their duties and they have assigned tasks. Mm. And then we have our program activity leaders, which they plan all of our themes, sort of our uh, party nights, I guess Mm -hmm. you'd say, (laughs) our bridging activities, our bike ride. Our, where we take our photo, every year we take a group photo. The pals yeah. plan that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the patrol activity leaders also take care of our laundry. Uh, oh. They take it up and down the stairs every day and they're responsible for making sure the patrol is all snappy and dressed and ready to go and that their uniforms are nicely uh, cleaned and ready. So, mm. uh, yeah, so we have a leadership structure. They apply. Um, And if they want to be a patrol leader, they have to get three letters of recommendation from outside of scouts recommending them for that position. But it's a great opportunity for leadership, uh, responsibility, and what it means to uh, sort of run a group and uh, be organized as a responsible leader.
1: Yeah. And honestly, the whole application process too is a great experience for for those girls to have because they will be applying for for things their entire lives and needing recommendations and all of those those kind of details. So what a great experience for them to, as young as the age of like twelve, to be able to yeah, I went through this pretty rigorous application process.
2: Yeah, just uh, uh, you know, going through the interview uh, yeah. and the interview process can be a little scary, but Mm -hmm. um, it's really good for them. It's a great uh, experience for them to have to fill out the application, Mm -hmm. get the references, talk to people about being a reference for them and why they want to be in the program, and then also coming for the interview to get selected.
1: Right. Yeah, Such a a cool learning experience for those girls. Um, How many applicants do you get each year, would you
2: say? Well, unfortunately, that number has been going down a little bit, Mm. um, which is sad to hear. We need more promotion of our program. Um, But also with the school starting earlier in Mm. the fall, our days being the last 10 days of August and going up to Labor Day, that sometimes some of the girls will actually miss school to be part of this program. Oh wow! And, you know, they love the service. There are several principals that Mm -hmm. will have given the girls uh, an excused absence, saying it's history, um, it counts towards their history grade, or mm-hmm. um, they get excused as a special project, which is f- phenomenal and very mm-hmm. helpful. And
3: mm-hmm. We write a
2: principal letter okay. uh, to the principal telling them about the program to help with that. Um, so the applications have gone down, mm-hmm. primarily because I think the school season has started sooner. Yeah. Um, but we'll get anywhere from 60 to 90 applications a year. Wow. Um, of girls that are applying and go through the interview process.
1: Yeah, Hopefully this podcast episode will help get the word out there too so girls are more aware that it's an opportunity for them. That um, would be amazing and yeah, wonderful. Yeah. Um, and since this episode will go live in the late summer, early fall, what is the application timeline if somebody's listening and you know wants to
2: chat with their girl about getting involved? So our applications are online right now, which is wonderful. They're on the GSHOM website. If you go to gshom.org and Key in Mackinac, um, the applications will come up. There's also some really cool videos made by the girls that are there to show a little bit about the program as well. Um, Our applications for 7901 Mm -hmm. are due in November for new applicants who are applying. They're due in October for returning applicants so that we have an idea of how many girls want to return to determine how many new girls we can accept. Um, And then for 609, I I think their applications are due more like in February because GSHOM does have two Mackinac groups. We're Mm. honored to be able to have two. Uh, in our uh, council yes. that serve, so and they serve earlier in August than we do. We okay. serve late August, and they serve earlier.
1: Awesome. Yeah. So definitely, I will put the link to the website in the episode description. So if anybody is listening and you want to check out the our website page about the the honor guard, it will be right there in the. If you scroll down a little bit, you'll see it um, because we definitely want to spread the word about this incredible program. Um, so, Jackie, kind of to wrap us up, wrap our conversation up before I chat with some of the other girls involved, what has been your favorite part of being involved with this program?
2: There's so many things that are phenomenal about this program, um, but I'd have to say watching the girls bloom,
3: mm-hmm. uh,
2: just watching them grow, coming in, uh, you know, shy, uh, uncertain, unconfident, and leaving Confident, radiant, amazing young women. Mm-hmm. Um, we have had young women go out and do amazing things in this world. And um, having the alumni come back and contact me sorry, I'm getting emotional. No, that's okay. And tell me uh, how much this program meant to them is always uh, an amazing thing because they're amazing young ladies and they will change the world. Yeah, wow.
1: That's very powerful. I have goosebumps all over right now Um, it's very clear speaking with you and and hearing about your experience just how impactful this program is Um, so thank you for your service and for you know keeping this going because what a phenomenal experience
2: for girls so well thank you for talking with me today
1: i'm here today with brenda coleman who is the director of troop 609 of the Mackinac island honor guard so brenda thank you so much for joining me today Oh, you're welcome. I'm super excited to hear about your experience and hear about um, how Troop 609 um, operates and all of that good stuff. So, um, can you get us started by just telling us how you first got involved with Honor Guard? Sure. I was involved when I
0: was in high school, so I was a girl as part of the program for five years. Um, I was an assistant
1: patrol leader and a patrol leader twice. Awesome. So, when did you become re-involved then as a as an adult um so our troop you
0: have to wait a few years after you graduate before you can come back as an adult mm-hmm. i helped serve on our 25th reunion committee
2: oh, and cool. then
0: um, the following year i joined as an adult leader as the food person so i helped bring all the food up to the island mm-hmm. i served two years in that position and then i became the director and i've been the director since then so how long have you been the director now
1: 14 years oh my goodness right goodness. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> So, why have you stayed involved in this in this role in this program for so long? When I was in the honor guard, it really developed your leadership skills, and so mm-hmm. as a girl, I developed my
0: leadership skills and really made me who the person I am today. And I use those leadership skills in my career,
1: awesome. and
0: then. Um, I loved it so much and missed it so I kind of to come back as an adult volunteer and mm. now I stay in it because you have the girls that start off as sixth graders who are shy and quiet and then you just watch them grow and blossom through the program and then mm-hmm. they turn into leaders mm-hmm. and then go on to college in their careers and just watching that progression. Yeah, so what are those leadership skills that you mentioned? The main leadership skills they have is speaking in front of other people, working mm-hmm. with a team, leading those younger girls and helping teach them what they need to know to be successful on the island. Mm. Being able to um, think ahead and think what needs to be done and then guiding um, the girls while they work in Fort Mackinac and working with the public and then helping the adults um, coordinate everything that needs to be done on the island.
1: Mm. Awesome. How would you say that that you build up these skills because one thing that we, I hear a lot when I'm talking to Mackinac girls and adults is this idea of progression um, and the fact that it is so girl-led. That's something that your girls told me so much about how girl-led it is, which is so important. I love hearing whenever a girl is like, it's so girl-led, it's so awesome. What is that progression piece and that girl-led, what does that look like on the island for your troop? So it really starts at our training weekends. Mm -hmm. We have
0: several trainings that lead up to going to the island. Mm -hmm. Um, So their first year when they come to our first weekend, they don't really know a lot. They don't know a lot of the other girls. They don't know some of them have never been to Mackinac Island before. Mm -hmm. And so it's those older girls taking them under their wing, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's their first year, they're learning their second year. They've been there. They kind of know what's going on, Mm -hmm. Um, perfecting what they learn their first year, and then their third year they can apply for leadership.
2: Mm. So we
0: have a program committee leader that leads our evening activities. We have marching leaders that lead our flag groups. We have assistant patrol leaders and patrol leaders, and then we have our senior patrol leader. Mm. And so it's just as they build those leadership skills, they
1: can apply for um, other positions. Mm -hmm. Cool, so um, now being in the role for, for 14 years and being involved before that as well, You've probably have you seen girls who start out as sixth grade and serve all the way through high school and have gone through that whole progression.
0: I did, and um, so I had some girls that have served seven years because mm-hmm. I have girls that'll be there; they'll do that dual enroll in college.
1: Oh yeah, so they get to
0: go that extra year, and so um. Awesome it's really cool to see them be able to start as that sixth grader and sometimes you're like man that person's really shy but Mm -hmm. then she's our senior patrol leader by the end of it because she's just grown so much. That's so
1: cool. Um, What is something that you wish that people knew about Honor Guard? I think it's it's a different
0: type of camp. Mm -hmm. right it's called the scout service camp and it's really an experience we have a lot of fun we still get to do um shopping and visiting the fort Mm -hmm. in the grand you just spend a week on mackinac island but you learn so many skills to go throughout your life in college Mm -hmm. that you're having a good time but you're building all these skills at the same time
1: Mm -hmm. that's so awesome i i think that like if people knew about this program and, and knew, and people do know about it, but I think if more people knew about it, it's it's such an amazing program, and being from out of state, I didn't even know that it really was a thing until I started working for a GSHM, and then I was like, oh my gosh, this is so cool, like, why are we not shouting this from the rooftops? Um, is there any particular stories that you have that stick out um, that you think really encapsulate what it's like to be in your troop
0: so there was this girl that came to our selection weekend which is our first weekend we invite mm-hmm. everyone who applies to our selection weekend and all of us adults are like oh my goodness she's so small she's so tiny she's so shy mm. um, and as she grew and got older we were like oh my gosh she's gonna be our senior patrol leader like, mm. and so then when she gets to be a senior she was just amazing she led the troop great and she just was so shy and so quiet like you would have never
1: at that point seen her being the senior patrol leader and yeah. just watching that was pretty cool what an amazing evolution yeah. to see her to see her take part in so tell me a little bit about the whole process so after sure. you you apply you go to the selection weekend you're chosen to be part of the troop what happens from there
0: yeah so we have, um,
1: girls that are chosen and we have girls that are
0: alternates. Okay. Cause sometimes girls, um, things happen over the summer and can't come. So our mm-hmm. alternates train right along with us. Awesome. Our second weekend is really all about the girl led program and the girls mm-hmm. make all the decisions around our food that we eat the whole week, our theme. We have a theme every year. Mm-hmm. We have special KP shirts that we wear and the girls make all those decisions. Mm-hmm. And so that weekend is all about learning your patrol learning who you're gonna work with, making those decisions. And then we go on to our June and July training.
2: Mm-hmm. They
0: learn their guideposts, which is what they work on in Fort Mackinac. They work at, like as tour guides and help the tourists. And then their flag duty. Mm-hmm. Um, they get a flag duty for the week. And so June and July training, we really work on training on how to do those duties. Mm-hmm. Um, we have some fun. We usually do a sing-along or a campfire while we're there because you're at camp, you have to. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: And then we go to the island, usually the first or second week in August. Okay, awesome. So during training, who facilitates the training for the girls?
0: So it's a combination of our junior leadership girls. Mm -hmm. So the senior patrol leader, um, she runs the overall training. Mm -hmm. Um, Usually I work with her to create what we need to work on. Mm -hmm. We do surveys, and so the girls will say what they feel is the most important to work on, and -hmm. then we make an agenda from there and then the patrol leaders work with their patrols teaching the skills
1: Mm.
0: us adults are here to you know ensure safety ensure things are going correctly to guide the girls and be those mentors Mm -hmm. but it's those junior leadership girls that really drive that training
1: awesome that's so cool so it sounds to me like girl led is such a huge part of this program especially for your troop so Why is Girl-Led so important for this type of experience? Girl-Led is so important for our program and our troop
0: because that's how the girls grow. Mm -hmm. Um, It's okay to make a mistake and that's how they learn from it. It's okay to make a wrong decision and you turn left instead of right. Well, Mm -hmm. you learn from that and you learn Mm -hmm. not to make that mistake again. And then in life, girls have to understand how to be a leader and how to be that coach, that mentor, that trainer. Um, So, it's just building all those skills up Mm. before
1: they get out into college. Mm -hmm. So, why have you stayed involved for for as long as you have? So, the reason I stay involved is the
0: girls. Mm -hmm. It's it's a lot of work, you know, there's a lot of coordination that goes into this, but when you get up on the island and you see those girls all working together and enjoying it and spending their free time and making new friends Mm -hmm. and Serving the tourists, we had a girl last year, this past summer while we were on the island,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and um, she was working at the Biddle House, and it's one of the downtown historical houses. And a tourist had said to one of our adults that were down there, the only reason I came up to the fort is because your girl down there at Biddle knew so much. She convinced me to come up here. Wow. So it's things like that, seeing those girls mm-hmm. just interacting with the tourists and encourage them to visit other places on the island. It's yeah. just all of that.
1: Yeah,
0: that's amazing.
1: So tell me a little bit, I understand that there's an opportunity for younger girls to visit your troop while you're serving on the island. So can you tell me a little bit about that? Sure.
0: So the Sunday we go up to the island, Mm -hmm. we have a program. It's called our Younger Girl Program that we encourage younger scouts, any age, could Mm -hmm. be any age, to come up and spend the day with us. They watch our flag ceremony that we do. They get to talk to the girls about their guide duty, their service duty, mm-hmm. KP. Yes, they have to cook and clean. <laughs> and then so those younger girls can see the barracks and see what the program is mm. so that they already kind of know if they wanna come or not, if they like it. That's so cool. How long have you been doing that program? It's been about 10 years. Wow, 10 or 11 years we've been doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had a couple years where we've had a couple hundred girls up there and we've had a wow. couple we've only had a little bit of yeah. com- it's, um, but we just
1: try to open that so people can learn about the program. That's so cool. I love that. Yeah. Is there anything else that you think you want to share about about your troop and about Mackin Island Honor Guard? If you have questions about the Honor Guard or you're considering it or you
0: just want to see what it's like you can always come to Selection Weekend. Mm. Um, or get a hold of me, I can have girls come visit your troop Mm -hmm. and talk to girls that have done the program. It's just a great experience Mm -hmm. to be able to be at Mackinac and build those leadership skills.
1: Absolutely. And I'll be sure to include the contact information for both honor guard directors um, in the description of this episode. So if you do have any questions um, that you want to reach out to them specifically, um, please do so. Um, Brenda, thank you so much for sharing this information with me today and telling us about your experiences. Um, I think this is just one of those programs that we really want to share with the world and, and make sure that everyone knows that this is an option for their girl to get involved with and you know, that it's really a life-changing opportunity for them. So thank you for sharing with me and thank you for facilitating this program for our girls. You're welcome. So I'm here now with Alex and Krista, who are part of the adult leadership team for the Honor Guard troop. Um, So if you guys could both just explain a little bit about your role, what you work on with the Honor Guard troop to get us started, that'd be great.
4: Uh, So I'm Alex and I am one of the leadership coordinators. So I help train all of the leadership girls with all of their job duties, how they train and coach the girls into being the best Honor Guard they can. I also help in the infirmary as a
3: first aider. So I'm Krista, I'm the kitchen coordinator, so I plan all the meals, go through the menus, make sure everything's good, that everyone has enough to eat, work with the allergies, make sure everyone's safe when they come up and there's no problems. And then I also help out Alex with the leadership training.
1: How long have you guys both been involved in the program?
4: So this will be my 11th year in the program. I did five years as a girl, and then this is
3: my sixth year as an adult. This is my ninth year, so I did five years as a girl, and this is my fourth year as an adult.
1: So why have you guys stayed involved so long, especially now being adults, like, being past the the girl stage of it? Why have you stayed involved in this program for so long?
4: I originally started with the program because I heard when I was a girl, um, because my mother was in the program, my aunt and my grandmother was a leader in the program. So I'm technically a third generation, which doesn't come around too often but I stayed with the program as an adult because our one of our co-directors, Jackie, is actually my mother-in-law now. So I started with the program with her, and then I started um, just continuing staying with it, and uh, I like helping out the girls and coaching and training them because I know how much it helped me growing up.
3: I can't exactly remember why I started as a girl, but I know that I continued as a girl because my mom was my troop leader, so for me to do the program was an opportunity for me to do something outside of the troop without my mom so i got that experience of going away without her always being there and out her without her having to watch everything i did at all the times it was kind of my little bit of freedom but not freedom (laughs) because i was still at girl scout camp so it was like educational freedom um and then She really wanted to do it because she was a Girl Scout as a girl, and she was my leader, and she's like, I want to be a part of this program. So when I got old enough where I couldn't be in the program anymore, she became an adult. And she's like, "Krista, we need more adults this year. Would you be willing to come back? And I was like, of course, the program was amazing. And when I came back, I just saw all the girls, and watching them grow and change and develop is so interesting and cool to watch them grow into these little leaders that they are. So I just like to see... How they changed throughout the years.
1: So, you guys served together at a, at a time, correct? Tell us like what it was like to serve together, and then now being adults together, um, how that how that has been for you guys.
4: I think both of us growing up in the same town, um, we never were necessarily in the same troop because we're a couple years apart, but we got to see each other and still know each other, and got to hang out with somewhat more friends like. In the, in the group here, we have so many people from across, like, the soul, whole state, it's almost, because we've had some from also up in, like, Midland. We've had them from down by St. Joe. We have them from all over to also have that person that you already have comfort with because you know
3: them already. It's kind of fun now we look back and we're like oh do you remember when so and so did this or so and so did this or we'll look at something that the girls are doing now and we'll look at each other and we're like did we ever do that is that (laughs) something that we did like i don't remember that but maybe we did so it's cool to have someone that was a girl when you were a girl so that when we go back and look we're like i guess we did do that yeah
4: kind of coming. sometimes seeing the little quirks of even growing up as a girl like, I don't remember ever doing that, but now you're seeing all these girls doing it. It's like, we probably were that way too. <laughs> Most likely
3: we did that.
1: What are some of your favorite memories that stick out from, from your time being in the Honor Guard?
4: I think one of every girl's favorite is going to the Grand Hotel. Um, we go get lunch at the Grand Hotel, and there's just, it's a huge buffet. So it's a it's big, huge course dinner. You have everything from carved meats to strawberries dipped in chocolate.
3: Say the chocolate strawberries <laughs> is the big memory.
4: Uh, but you had all these different desserts you could try, all these different foods. They had everything and anything. I think that was a fun thing always to do every year on the island.
3: There's also the pictures on the cow chair in the bathroom.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: in yes. The Grand Hotel Dining Room has its own bathroom. And for some reason, and I'm like looking back at it as an adult, I'm like, why did we ever do that? But there was a cow chair in the bathroom and you had to get a picture on the cow chair in and the not, bathroom. And not just Once, like every single year you had to get the picture on the couch couch (laughs) it's like the weirdest thing i don't even know if they still have it i don't know i haven't been there in a couple years we'd have to ask (laughs) the girls about the couch (laughs) Uh,
4: i think that's one big one also it goes back to the grand hotel too but like milkshakes going to milkshakes at the tea room in the fort it's done by the grand hotel but always we'd go on our second guide duty because you can't go too far on second guide duty. So that was something always fun we could go do on second guide duty was go get milkshakes in the fort. And there are these fancy milkshakes even though they're in a throwaway cup.
3: <laughs> they still looked
4: super fancy. Yeah. I remember
3: the bike ride too with like my little group because we're so spread out on the bike ride. There's two adults in the front, all the girls, and then two adults in the back. So, I just remember being with my little group and we would just scream back and forth like the craziest, stupidest things. (laughs) Like, and it made no sense, but it was our one chance to like scream and be silly and not have to worry about who was around because no one was around. Yeah, bike ride is always fun.
4: Yeah. We get to stop and even stop at like British Landing and have dinner and you can watch the sunset right there at the water. That was always a lot of fun.
1: And so, you guys touched on this a little bit, um, but what is it like? having been a girl who went through the program and now being back as an adult, what is it like to see, to see that progression with the girls?
4: I think it's awesome because I know I was not the most outgoing, most talkative girl when I was a girl, and now I'm seeing some of these girls who are coming in and they barely speak two words to you. They just shake their heads and at you, and by the time they're graduating, they're speaking in front of a group of 60 girls, having no issues, it's not a big deal to talk to a tourist any longer. They answer questions, and it's being able to see them grow from this shy person to somebody who can go up and lead an entire group on what we're going to do next and get their attention.
3: Yeah, that's probably exactly what I would have said. <laughs> when I came into the program as a girl, like I didn't talk to anyone except like the four people that I knew in my patrol. And then leading, like, I left as a patrol leader. Like, I had no issue with anything. So seeing girls do the same thing, I see myself. And, like, I saw how it benefited me. So I look looking to see how it can benefit people in the future. Like, last year I got a compliment on a girl, one of our really, really quiet ones. A tourist came up, and she's like, I just want you to know that that girl over there is doing amazing. She answered my question to her fullest capability. Like, it was an amazing answer. Like, I just want to let you know she's doing an amazing job. So it just made me feel good that one of our really small, quiet ones was like, I'm going to answer this tourist question and have no problem.
1: Looking back over your years being involved with the Honor Guard, what would you say are some of the greatest lessons that you have learned?
4: For me, I would say it's learning to be a leader. I'm now leading, helping lead, I should say, 46 locations of my company. So I think being able to know how to talk to people, how to earn their respect, how to Motivate them to do what needs to be done. Um, I mean, I went through leadership here in the program, and I don't think I would have some of the leadership qualities I now have if it wasn't for the program.
3: Yeah, I think the biggest thing is the leadership, learning the basic skills. Because when you're in a workplace environment, it's hard to learn like how, like, constructive criticism, like how to tell someone they're doing something wrong. Because you're not going to walk up and be like, "You're wrong." You're going to go up and be like, so I see you did it this way. Can you explain why you did it this way? Like, maybe if we try it this way, it'll work a little bit better. So it's just learning to interact and talk with people of different ages and different um, skill levels and personalities and stuff. Because within the program, you never know who you're going to get. We have girls that are homeschooled, and then we have girls that go to private schools. So we have such that wide range that you're learning to interact with so many different people.
1: That, that communication interaction piece is something that we heard from Haley as well, um, and she, she spoke so eloquently about how she has learned to communicate with so many different people in different scenarios, and um, that is such an important skill that a lot of fully grown adults, as I mentioned to Haley, don't have that skill, like have no idea how to communicate with other people. Um, how do you think this program teaches those really important communication skills?
4: So before each meeting, we do a leadership meeting. So Krista, myself, and then both co-directors sit in on it, and we talk with the leadership about what are we going to do today, what's going on, and then at the end of the day, when we're on the island, we do end-of-day like meetings instead of in the morning, and we have them recap their day. So what went well, what went bad, are we having any issues, is there any like opportunities for girls to improve on something, and did you coach them already if you didn't? Do you want to talk about it? And brainstorm together as a team of how we can coach them and talk with them. So there's some role playing with it. There's some us giving them different options that's worked well in our pasts. And we kind of help them with that and guide them. And I think that's what really helps is when I remember when I was a leader and when I was a girl, we talked about those things. And it was giving me ideas of how to help get to the solution instead of just, like she said, you know, you're wrong. (laughs) like we came to a solution and how we can come to it and how can we communicate with each other to decide that factor
3: yeah it's kind of whenever one of the girls comes up to us with a question it's kind of turning it around and saying well how would you solve that like a girl comes up to me and goes we have all this leftover food what do you want me to do with it and then I just ask them what do you think we should do with it and then build off of that so that they're thinking for themselves and learning to like kind of build off of that, and then when we do teach them something, we explain why we're doing it, so it's not just like, go sweep the floor, we're sweeping the floor so that when you're walking around in your socks, you're not getting dirty socks, so you don't have to do laundry again, so it's just explaining the process behind everything. And we
4: also go from the top down to clean not the bottom up to yeah. clean. <laughs> we have an issue with that sometimes, yeah. when you have brand new girls coming in, they, don't, they never had to clean at home. So you're training them, and so it's yeah. the why
3: is a huge thing.
4: Yeah, they're sweeping
3: bec- the floor, and then they wipe everything off the table onto the floor, and we're like, <laughs> well, now you guys got to sweep the floor again. Like, if you would have done from the top down. I
4: think all the leadership know that's my go-to question when I talk to them. Like, "Hey, okay, what are you going to do? Top down, Alex. So I'm like, okay, good, let's go. <laughs> so, yeah.
1: So, One thing that I love so much about this program is how girl-led it is, and I think that one way um, that we just heard from you guys is like turning that question around on the girls and like asking them, you know, well, how do we, what are we going to do for dinner? Well, what do you think? Like what, you know, things like that. How else would you guys say that this program is girl-led?
4: The girls do pretty much everything. Um, We're there for basic safety and supervision. When they get stuck in a corner, they come ask, what should I do here? And... We turn it around on them. They make phone calls before every meeting. They do their marching. They train it. I mean, we're there with them while they're marching, and but we're pretty much standing there watching, and then when they're ready and they're like, hey, do you have anything else, then we give them more feedback. Otherwise, we let them kind of go with it. And they're training. We also share with them, like, you have to train for the next leadership girl. So you as a patrol leader might only be here for a year or two, so you need to train that next girl to be fill your position and fill that next person to the next position. We've had a few years where we've had people never been in leadership before and all of a sudden become a patrol leader. Well, did you train all of your girls in your patrol then to be that patrol leader, or did you just train them to be a girl and not know anything else that leadership does? So I think that's super important in what we've done.
3: Yeah, it's more just kind of staying back until we're needed or until there's some sort of, like, huge, like, safety issue so we're just kind of wallflowers until we're needed (laughs) pretty much
1: (laughs) so our audience might be able to hear the girls marching in the background which i think is super cool if you can hear the them they're they're calling out the marches and marching behind us right now what is your favorite part of being a part of this program
3: i think it's probably well of course i love the island or else i wouldn't go to the island for 10 days But I think it's just being with everyone, like, even just being with the adults, like, I would go on a vacation with any of the adults in the program, like, just being with the group of people for so long that you're just friends, so it's like, oh, I get to see Alex on Saturday, like, she can tell me what she's doing, or, like, just watching the girls grow and change and seeing everything that they're learning and doing. I think it's the lifelong friendship. I'm
4: still friends and talk to some of the girls I was in the program with. I mean, besides Krista, I see her all the time. But even some of the girls who lived far away and I get to see what they're doing and now they're getting married and having kids and buying houses and everything. But it's the lifelong friendship you have these people who you lived in cramped quarters for 10 days with. And they've become family almost and lifelong friends. Yeah,
3: You get really close really fast <laughs> it's just a giant room. So you're just like, okay, well, I'm going to see you every day. I'm going to have to like you. <laughs> it's like, it is like family or like siblings. Like you see someone, you don't necessarily like what they've done. Like maybe they upset you in some way. They took your hairbrush or something, but like you still got to live with them and you still got to work with them. So you just learn to get over that and move on. So it gets to a deeper sort of relationship than anything else.
1: And so that brings up a really interesting point, too, about, um, you know, living in cramped quarters and doing everything together for 10 days. Surely when you stick 60 girls together, there's going to be some conflicts that arise. How do you guys teach girls to navigate through any conflict that might arise between them?
4: A lot of it comes up when we go to do our leadership meetings at the end of the night. We find out about things that potentially could be going on, and they can be very small, like, hey, this person keeps losing their pants. How do I fix this? <laughs> like, if one person loses their pants, the rest of them can't wear pants. They all have to wear skirts then. And if it's a cold year, you don't want to be wearing skirts. So it can be something as simple as that. As it's just we talk about the, we say things like, no, you can't just tell them, stop, like, you've got to figure this out on your own. Let's try to figure it out together, and let's work together to come up with a system then, to find your pants every time every morning when we go to get dressed so it might be something just as small as that but we try to talk to them about working together so you have bunk buddies so maybe the bunk buddy knows where these pants are getting put every single day and work together because everyone has makes mistakes and has their flaws so it's working together and how can we partner people together and build a team
1: together
3: yeah, it's just making sure that they're comfortable coming to anyone with any problems that we can sit with them and talk it through and figure out what the issue is and how we can fix it, whether it's sitting the girls down together and talking about the problem or talking to them individually or just kind of letting them kind of work through it on their own, just a little bit guidance. Like, it's just making sure that they're comfortable doing anything that they need to do.
4: And all the girls know that at any point in time, they can come talk to any adult if they have an issue. Um, and I think Chris and I, and there we have another adult who is on the younger side who all were girls, so they feel a little bit more comfortable coming to talk to some of us and be able to share, like, okay, so we had this incident happen. Have you ever had this happen? And we can go, well, when we were a girl, yeah, we had this going on. So this is how we kind of solved it and came to a conclusion. And I think it's just a lot of talking and being able, open to talking and that they know that they can come talk to anyone. Um, we have like a court of honor system where you can come just talk, If you just want to talk to the co- the directors, come talk to the directors. It can be, hey, I just had a great day and I want some candy, so I'm gonna come talk to you guys. Like, yeah. <laughs> it can be about anything. So I think it's just knowing that we are open to talking with them at any, about anything. I mean, we've had girls who are homesick, extremely homesick, to where they ended up going home halfway through the week. And it, the first few days, it was just talking with them and hey, well, let's call your parents, maybe. Let's, you know, what makes you, what makes you happy when you're home? Like, when you've done this before, maybe you went off on vacation before, did you have a stuffed animal? Did you have a blanket? We can try to figure something out and try to work together to come to the best conclusion.
3: Yeah, sometimes give them a buddy, like, oh, you really, like, you and this girl are really close friends. Like, why mm-hmm. don't you go downtown together? Why don't you go shopping together? So it's just, and letting them know that, like, we're here 100% for the girls. As much as I love Mackinac, I'm not there for a vacation. I'm there for the girls to make sure that they have the opportunity that I had when I was a girl. Absolutely. Well, thank you both
1: so much for joining me today. Um, I think that this program is phenomenal, and it's so cool to hear, especially from girls who've gone through the program and now are women leading the program. So thank you so much for, for chatting with me today. It's been really great to hear your perspective. So, Thank you. To all of our listeners, if you haven't already subscribed to the podcast, please be sure to do so by clicking that beautiful subscribe button that you see. Then make sure to leave us a rating and a review so we know what you love to hear in our podcast. From there, we ask that you share this episode far and wide so that everyone can hear about the phenomenal program that we have here in heart of Michigan for the Mackinac Island Honor Guard. Thank you again for joining us today. My name is Brenna Smith, and until our next adventure, be bold, be brave, and leave each place a whole lot better than you found it.
2: Change the world, come with me.